Hello and welcome to a new episode of Inside the Pod, the PGR Rose podcast. In today's episode, Emily Scaife will be talking to Liz Bowles, the Chief Executive Officer of Farber Carbon Toolkit, a company who are committed to supporting farmers and organisations to understand and take action on their farm's carbon emissions. They will be discussing the various services that the company provide farmers and their role in the NCS project. So if we start with the obvious, um, what is carbon baselining and why is it important? It's the it's what farmers can do to understand their current position for their the greenhouse gas emissions that's coming from their farm business and also potentially the amount of carbon storage that's going on on their farm. So how does it actually work in practice? What will farmers have to do what is the process okay to, to produce a carbon footprint for your farm um I, I i imagine farmers will think it requires an awful lot of information and it does require some information so the first thing to do is to i would suggest to have a look at the type of information you're going to have to assemble and for the farm carbon calculator we provide a spreadsheet online so you can go onto our website you can either download the spreadsheet or you can just look at it. And for your farm business, you can look down through all the categories. And I, I would almost suggest ticking off the ones where you've got to go and find the information. So typically the information we're going to need is things like the amount of fertilizers you've used over the period you've decided to carry out your footprint for. Now that's quite important to decide what time period you're going to cover. Typically, farm businesses look at a, an annual carbon footprint calculation, but you could do it more, more frequently. For instance, businesses which are predominantly poultry or pigs, they can do a footprint per batch. So you, as, a, as a business, you can choose your time period. You can also choose the boundary. So how far out from your activity, your farming activity you want to go. So, for instance, if you deliver produce, um, you need to include the emissions associated with the fuel to deliver produce. Or if you're processing produce, you can put that into your footprint. So those two real basic things to decide upon boundaries, um, boundaries and the year, the time period. Then, as I say, go to the go to our spreadsheet, which is the data input sheet and go down through the categories fertilizer will be a big hotspot for arable farm businesses. So you'd need to collect the information on how many tons of fertilizer of each different type you've used in that given period. Now, again, for arable farmers, you might wanna choose to use a harvest year so that you can actually allocate the, the fertilizers you've used for the crop you're going to collect information on as well or provide information on. So that will be fertilizers. Another big area is fuels. So collecting information on all the different types of fuels, liquid, electricity, gas that you've used again in that same time period. If you've got livestock, you need to look through your livestock types and accurately record how many of each different livestock type you've had over that given period. And within our calculator, we help you to do it really if you want to month by month and that's quite sensible because obviously 
animals are growing through the year and there are different allocated emissions factors depending on the size, weight and sex of livestock. So all of those things make a difference. If you're a livestock farmer, again, um, collecting information on livestock feeds, types of feed, how much. And within our calculator for many of these inputs, we've already got them in. So for commonly used fertilizers, feeds, fuels, all the information in terms of their emissions factors is already in the calculator. All you have to do is put in how much of them you've used and then it will calculate your emissions for you. Within our calculator, we also um, ask farmers to tell us about their, their investment in things like tim in wood for posts, in concrete, in machinery buildings, because all of those carry a, a, um, an emissions factor with them. And we put that into our calculator really, because if a farmer is producing food, but a lot of that is based on capital investment in buildings, then the emissions associated with that needs to be recorded. On the production, on the output side, we also ask for information on the tons of different food, of different things that have been sold from the farm, because again, they've, they've all got carbon allocated to them. So for arable farms, potentially it does make sense to do it on a harvest year. You don't have to, but it, you know you can do what seems to make most sense to your business. So once you've actually collected your data, and it's a little bit like doing your accounts, but, it, but the reality is we need volumes, not values. Um, then you can simply go on to the farm carbon calculator, set yourself up as a user and um, start putting that data into the calculator. And as you enter data, you'll start to see your um, the picture for your farm business emerge. And it emerges through a series of donuts. So you can see, for instance, if you're using a range of fertilizers and manures, you can see where the majority of your emissions are coming from in that space. And then once you've finished putting in all the different sets of data, you'll get a picture of your whole farm emissions. And you can then start to really dig down into where the majority of your emissions are coming from. And if you're, a, if you're an arable farmer, that's generally the, the, the biggest area of emissions is likely to be nitrous oxide from fossil fuel-based fertilizers and manures. If you're a livestock farmer, typically it's the largest area of emissions if you're a ruminant livestock farmer will be coming from methane, from the animals themselves and from manures. But that's not, that's not always the case, but typically it is. Yeah. The other yeah. feature of our calculator is that you can, there's a section on sequestration. So if you can enter the kilometers of hedges you've got and the width and height of those hedges, it will allocate a sequestration factor to those hedges. Where you are in something like countryside stewardship schemes, where we have sequestration factors for the different prescriptions, the, diff uh, the different actions, and you, and you tell us about the acreage or the hectares that you've got in those different prescriptions, it will allocate a sequestration to those fields, to that acreage. And thirdly, if, if you have taken soil samples at least a year apart for the same area of land, and ideally with bulk soil densities, for that same field, we will, and you put both of those into the calculator, we'll calculate 
for storage or loss of carbon in those fields. So not only will you get an emissions figure, you'll also get a sequestration figure and a balance. Yeah. So when it comes to the data that you have to put in, is this data that farmers should have to hand anyway? There isn't anything that they're going to have to go out there and specifically find or work out? Is it all stuff that should be fairly easy to get? Yes, it will have gone through their farm business accounts. Um, the, the, the tricky, well, not really the tricky bit, but the bit they have to do is to go and find it um, and to make sure it's from the period of time that they want to carry out their footprint for. Um, and I was thinking as I was speaking then that, you know, typically for that's why I was suggesting perhaps a harvest year for arable farmers, because we'd, we'd like to have the fertilizer that's actually been used for that crop rather than the fertilizer that's been purchased in that 12 month period. Yes. It may, yeah. they may not be the same thing. Okay. Um, I mean, ultimately it will level itself out because what we would suggest for a farm business is once they've got their footprint in our calculator, they can come back to it the following year or the following period and look at it and just change what's different. So then they can start to, it makes it a lot easier in future years. Once you've got your baseline in there, you don't have to put the whole lot in again. Yeah, I suppose it's a bit more work for the first year, but then from that point onwards, you're just slightly tweaking things and seeing how much you yes. have to reduce it by, I suppose. Absolutely. And even within your first year, once you've got your baseline in, we've got a, a sort of a scenario planning function in the calculator and you can look to see what the impact might be for instance if you were going to carry out a practice um for instance what would it be change changing uh, reducing fertilizer usage or perhaps planting some trees or letting the hedges get bigger you can see the impact of that on your footprint which is quite helpful a lot yeah. of farm businesses actually use the calculator to work out what the, what would I have to do to get to net zero? In reducing carbon in your business, you're also reducing costs. So it's a win-win really for farmers. I just wanted to touch on that briefly. Um, I mean, almost certainly it will always be a reduction in cost as well. Um, because if, if you're reducing your reliance on those external inputs, then you're reducing your reliance on costs which are highly volatile at the moment uh, and very often reducing your footprint is around in, in improving production efficiency. So for instance, especially in livestock systems, and it's probably something that we need to talk more about, animal performance, so improving animal health and welfare will always reduce emissions because performance will be better uh, in terms of production uh, and therefore emissions per, per unit of production will go down so it's it, a lot of it is really what farmers have been talking about for years it's how can we improve our technical performance how can we improve animal welfare how can we improve animal fertility all those things are still important there are some things where you can kind of make a change so for instance one of the big ones and it's one of the focus areas obviously of the NCS project is looking to reduce the usage of soya bean meal in livestock diets and, and switching it for homegrown peas and beans. Um, traditionally, 
I mean, daft as it sounds, that was all, all often a more expensive option for livestock farmers. Um, but now it's like we've got different lenses to look through and we need not only to look at it through the sort of lens of what's, what's easiest and most convenient for perhaps our feed suppliers, but also what's, what's going to minimize the emissions from farm businesses. And I think that that's certainly something that I think everybody is starting to appreciate that we just need to look at our businesses through more than one lens. And that sort of additional lens of what's the impact on emissions is, is going to become more and more important. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. If if this is something that is going to be more important moving forwards as people change the focus of their farming. And I imagine as well, if it's something that people like supermarkets will want to see evidence of mm. from the farmers who supply them. Um, at the moment, doing a carbon baselining is something I, I imagine that's quite new to a lot of farmers. But do you think it's something that's going to become more commonplace moving forward? Yes. Yes. I mean, it already is at some for some food products and for some processors and indeed increasingly retailers, it's becoming a requirement. It, it it started, I would say, mainly in the dairy sector and in the fresh produce sector, where um, for many dairy farmers, that there will be a requirement that somebody goes onto their farm to carry out some form of, of carbon footprint in order, generally it's to understand the emissions per litre of milk being produced, um, which is, you know, for, and those businesses have a need to understand that because of the commitments they're making and because of their customer requirements. And my understanding is that is going to become far more widespread across the whole of the agricultural industry over the next year or so. Yeah. Um, just to um, touch on the NCS project, <laughs> what is the carbon baselining's role within that specifically? Okay, so really, for Farm Carbon Toolkit, our, our role is very much to be the sort of carbon advisors within the project. And for all the work we're doing, it's going to be so helpful to understand where each of the farm businesses is starting from. Each of the farm businesses that's going to be involved with some of the farm-based research into production techniques for peas and beans, and also into feeding those peas and beans on livestock farms. And so what, what we're doing specifically is supporting the production of those carbon baselines for all the farms that are going to be involved in, in the project, but also making the calculator available to, to all farm businesses. When farmers have done the carbon baselining and they have the results, uh, what will their next steps be? Will that help them make positive changes on their farm? So... Once they've got their baseline, I guess there's two there's sort of two things really. If if they're within the group of farmers who's going to be involved with the NCS project and carrying out um, farm on farm research, for instance, what we're going to do is set up a kind of a space for all those um, farm carbon reports to be sitting, so that all the researchers can analyze changes over time. I mean, it's all the information will always belong to the farmers, um, but at the same time, it will be made anonymously available to the researchers so we can, unless, and I think I 
the farmers will be asked permission, their permission to share. So then the researchers will be able to see the impact over time of the things that are being tested on farm. And that's going to be so important because although all the time we're finding out more about what causes emissions, and so we, we're improving the accuracy of those emissions estimates that are carried out by all the calculators, there's still a lot of gaps. And this project will be filling some of those gaps in terms of the impacts of growing peas and beans on UK farms, both in terms of emissions and also on sequestration. So that's why it's so important that all the farms that are involved in this project have a baseline and they also have ongoing information so that we can see not only the impact on performance of peas and beans, but also the impact in terms of the footprint of that, those changes or the emissions associated with those changes. But for the farmers themselves, of course, they're living in the real world. And you know, for them, the opportunity is once they've completed their baseline, is to sort of look at it, identify their own hotspots, and you know, potentially use the calculator to do those what-if scenario planning, but then also to really think about, okay, so what can I do to get to net zero and think about really what their time scale might be to get there. Because I think it's re really important that all businesses are clear that the, the, as a globe, we face an existential crisis and we do, all of us, have to reduce our emissions, as well as in the case of farm businesses, we're very lucky that we sit on land and land is, is going to be one of the ways that we can remove carbon from the air. But we Whilst we're, whilst we're doing that, we also must reduce emissions because it's those emissions that are driving global warming. So as farm, as farm businesses, having got that baseline, they can actually see where their hotspots are. And it's only when you know what they are, you can start to take action to reduce them and also to think about what, what's going to reduce them most effectively uh, and what's going to actually potentially have a positive impact on my farm business. Mm. Now it sounds um it sounds exciting. Are you are you excited to be involved in the NCS project? Do you think it will potentially have a really good impact? Yes, I am because for years um, I've been advocating for increased production of peas and beans in the UK, um, partly as a mechanism for reducing our reliance on um, deforestation soya, but also because it will <clears throat> reduce. The requirement for the nit nitrogenous fertilizers and also because making the arable rotation more complex more diverse and bringing peas and beans in will improve soil health so but you know, there's lots of reasons why increasing our production of peas and beans i mean essentially they're legumes so they'll fix nitrogen from the air uh, and in so doing, they also support higher levels of biodiversity in soil. So I, it's, I'm, I'm delighted that this project is happening. But I think it's also worth mentioning that the sort of the other side of the project is to accelerate um, the inclusion of peas and beans in livestock diets, because for the farmers who grow the peas and beans, there has to be a customer there for them, and, and that that's quite important. You know, I, I also do know that. Um, countries in the Middle East 
do buy an awful lot of the faba beans that we grow in the UK. And potentially that could be an outlet for some of these beans. But ideally, we want to see them replacing soya in livestock diets where, where livestock do require some form of concentrate feed. Brilliant. Well, I think that's all the questions I had. Is there anything else that you'd like to get across that I've missed? Um, the only thing that I haven't actually said, um, which is hugely relevant to other farmers who are listening to this, is the fact that um, all farmers can use the farm carbon calculator for free. Um, and all they need to do is to go to the Farm Carbon Toolkit website and find, just click on the calculator button and off they go. Brilliant. It's a, I mean, it's one of those scenarios. It's a win-win really, isn't it? There's, I, I can't see any negatives around the negative is the amount of time it might take them um but in reality it, it's not as i think it's like anything you think it's worse than it is once yeah. you get into it it's not as bad as you think and i guess the other thing is obviously the more accurate it is the better but you know if having within plus or minus five percent of the your usage of fertilizers is, is going to affect your result, but it's it's probably not going to change what it looks like, your overall heat map. Okay. So, you know, many farmers, they kind of are pretty good at knowing roughly, but not exactly. So, you know, and it's a start. Yeah, and yeah. I probably shouldn't be advocating that, but it, it's about, it, it's, it, it really, I mean, the time will come when there will be a requirement for really accurate footprinting when their customers want to know it. But, you know, to some degree, this, as I mentioned earlier, there's still a lot of gaps where we simply don't know um, what the emissions associated with some things are. So sometimes you can get a false sense of accuracy because of the kind of number of decimal points that we can put into a calculation. But there's also some areas where there's, there's, we need information to drive more accurate footprinting. And that's that's partly why I'm so excited about this project because it will enable us to do that research to improve the accuracy of carbon footprinting for all farmers, specifically when they're gonna grow or feed peas and beans. Yeah. No, it's like it's like anything, isn't it? Sometimes it's more important to just start. Oh. And even if you don't have every single piece of information to the exact decimal place, it it's a it's a beginning isn't it rather than thinking yeah, i don't rather have it thinking, oh dear i don't have it i'll put it off no i won't i would say just get on with it yeah just get just get over the fact you haven't got one little bit of information yeah exactly and when you do it in future years you will have probably made more notes as you've gone along recorded this information you'll be able to get a more accurate picture but in the meantime just a beginning and, and you're and you're absolutely right we've got farmers now that having done it for a few years, they've kind of set up systems whereby they literally plop inputs into a bucket ready to come into the calculator at the end of the year. And, yeah. and that's brilliant. You know, they've, they've really worked out how to make it easy on themselves to do the work. Um, and I don't, I don't think it adds too much additional hassle to their days, just getting into that discipline of that's what we do. Yeah, once you get into the rhythm of it, I imagine that it just becomes something that's second nature and it's yeah. not a piece of work in itself it's just something you do as you go along um, absolutely I mean just that first one on Wednesday I was on a farm where he's only got two blokes working for him but what he's wanted to do was separate fuel uses between 
his arable enterprises and his livestock enterprises. So he's literally got the two men when they fill up the diesel, they just put on a spreadsheet. I imagine it. I don't know. I think I think it's a bit of paper by the fuel tank. They just say the number of liters and what it's going to be used for. And that that it's simple, but it's it's highly effective. Yeah. So that kind of thing, you know, and I think all farms, it's just, it's just about thinking about it and incorporating it in into what you do. And I, I do appreciate that it, it can be tricky, because especially you haven't always got clean hands and it's not always dry. Yeah. yeah, but it's that old, you hear this saying all the time in farming, if you can't, if you don't measure it, you can't manage it. And it's just part of that mindset, isn't it, of trying to measure everything so that you can make positive changes. Absolutely. Well, those are the really important things. And I think also by doing that baseline, all the farmers will kind of understand where their biggest hitters are and the ones they need to take most care in measuring. And that's it for today's episode. If you want to find out more about Farm Carbon Toolkit and the services they can provide your farm, visit farmcarbontoolkit.org.uk. The NCS project is still recruiting Pulse Pioneers to take part in trials work over the course of the project. If you want to get involved, visit the Boffin website at boffin.org.uk. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back in the next episode of Inside the Pod.